0: It is a new day indeed because we have some news. We are coming to you on a rare Saturday night edition of the show. So you want to tell them the big news? Uh, yes.
1: Hello, followers, old and new. We are now part of the Turnbuckle Topics family at TT underscore for you on Twitter. Some of the very nice people over there. We work with them from now on.
0: Yeah, nothing about our show is going to change. We, just, we think this is a beneficially mutual partnership. Uh, we think we could bring a lot of great content to their network and uh we think they could do a lot of good for us but the main reason we're here is all in just wrapped up about about 20 minutes ago and uh we figured there'd be no better way to celebrate this partnership than a nice little bonus show action review of all in so before we get into match by match what were what were your overall thoughts on the show did it did it, did it meet your expectations easy for me to say
1: i didn't know what my expectations were okay that's is if if that makes any sense i i, I kind of get what you're saying uh there's a couple things I want to go down for this. Two things, they did their best with the production value. Yeah. The- but mics in the ring make an absolute difference, and WWE should continue to do with them. The audio was not the best on this show.
0: Yeah, that was that was only my real complaint about the production. And obviously, it's excusable, because they're not a million-dollar production company. They're three guys who wanted to put on a show to sell 10,000 tickets, which they did. Congratulations to them. Very Everything cool. went off without a hitch, so my applause to them. But there were times where, like, you could not hear what people were saying, like, d- during interviews. Like, the opening promo on Zero Hour, I had no clue what they were saying. I had to, like, really pay attention. But that's a minor gripe in the grand scheme of things. But, man, it was it was crazy to see that many Bullet Club shirts. Like, <laughs> you think there's a lot of Bullet Club shirts at the WWE event. That, that, I think it was a law that stated you had to wear a Bullet Club shirt at that event. You came were... just
1: outside writing tickets
0: <laughs> if, if you weren't wearing one. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I, I think I think it was a really solid show. Uh, not oh, absolutely. A lot of, not a lot of this, there was a major surprise, which we'll get to. But the two surprises that everybody thought, a lot of people thought Neville, aka Pac, whatever you want to call him these days, would show up, or that CM Punk would show up, and we got neither of those. Did you? Did you? What? What? What was your percentage that one of those two would show up? I thought more Neville than Punk. Yeah, I didn't like, think... I never thought Punk was showing up.
1: I thought Punk was showing up for like a minute. Yeah, I when didn't. they got announced. But, like, he's CM Punk, and he does what he wants. Yeah,
0: and he does need the money. He and doesn't, he doesn't need off.
1: the money. He's, you know, he's a UFC fighter now. <laughs> I uh, don't think anymore. I, think I don't he, think so. I think he's done. I think that ship has sailed. It might have. It might have. I wonder how his one-hour pro wrestling tea store... It 20. went...
0: From what I saw, it went really well. And he looks old. There was a crazy line. Yeah, he's clean-shaven He's clean shaven, Punk. He might have to change it to CS Punk. Straight edge. <laughs> he is straight edge, indeed. But, yeah, I never, I never really thought uh, Punk would show up. Uh, but the Neville thing... As soon as I heard about the rumors that he was in Pittsburgh, which I we still don't know if they're true or what's going on with that, I'm like, well, if he's doing medical for NXT UK, which is one of the rumors floating around, I figured... I fig- That's another question. Do you think since we didn't see him at all in, we will see him in NXT UK or there's no correlation at all?
1: A hundred percent, I, I think he's going the there. Really? Because I feel like if the relationship between him and WWE was worse, we would hear much more about it.
0: Yeah, he's pretty much gone radio silent since. He like, walked I don't out. think he said anything no, since, just, since he walked out. He hasn't done like any interviews. His Twitter's been zero dark thirty. You haven't heard a peep from old, old Neville.
1: But uh, yes, also this did the show did prove my point. And what's the, what's your point? Four hour pay per views for any company are very long.
0: Yeah, this they went four hours, five hours if you count the pre show. So it was it was pretty much the same length as a WWE pay per view, and I, I never I never got bored of it, but. It would have been a lot better show at three hours, but once again, that's that's another nitpicky thing because it, I thought it was a great show.
1: It was. I thought it was a very good show. And so, we'll uh, talk about the matches, match by match. Yeah. I still I feel like we'll spend a lot of
0: our time on one match. Yeah. Just getting out all our feelings and emotions. So you want to hop into this now? Let's get right in. Alright, we're going to start with Zero Hour, which was, of course, the pre-show that aired exclusively on WGN America, which was the former home for WWE superstars. I don't know if you knew that or not. I actually didn't know that. Well, I'm going back and watching the shitty year that was 2009, so I do know that. It does look like an awful year from the snapshots you sent me. Oh, dude, it's it's some of those some of those ECWs are rough to get through. <laughs> Sheamus and Goldust is the main event in Extreme Rules match last week.
1: See, I'm not gonna have you talk bad about Goldust on this on this. I didn't say. I didn't For say... those new listeners, if you are out there, Goldust is the greatest wrestler of all time. That's... Better than Punk. Better than Hogan. <laughs> he's just the man that's
0: your story and you're sticking to it
1: that's my story and i'm sticking to it
0: well speaking of gold dust zero hour kicked out with his brother cody and the young bucks opening with a promo where they basically joked about having to deal with the time constraints of going to commercial and saying they only had 90 seconds and then the Bucks said hey let's try to blow our whole budget in 90 seconds so they asked if they like pyro and everyone said yeah pyro and then pyro didn't go off and they're like do you guys like Pyro? And they're like, yeah, Pyro.
1: That reminded me of Vince McMahon announcing Kurt Angle to draw GM. <laughs>
0: it was funny. And then Pyro didn't go off again. And then they're like, do you guys like Pyro? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then Pyro finally goes off. And uh, <laughs> there's t shirt guns. It was madness. I'm getting to that, man. Don't blow my spot. All right, sorry. So then uh, he moves on to say, no show is complete without a random legend cameo. And then outrides Road Warrior Animal on a motorcycle, and then he was never seen again. He was there and gone in yeah. less than 10 seconds. <laughs> I, I wonder what his payoff was. Oh, he probably got his booking fee. I, I, yeah, he definitely did. But, oh, uh, was he a friend of Dusty's? Though no, he might have did it as a favor. That's true. He, he, was, he definitely was an old school brother with Dusty back in the day. And then, like you said, uh, the Hot Topic Geeks came out and shot t-shirt guns. <laughs> and if you're new here, geek is a term of endearment. We, it we, is. We, 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 call we love geeks. Them. Oh, yeah. So the first official match on the uh, Zero Hour show was SCU, SoCal Uncensored, versus the Briscoe brothers. Uh, so SCU cuts their Worst Town Ever promo, but they say tonight's different because they're making history and they're all-in. So early on in the match, an all-in chant starts. The Briscoes jump SCU early. They double-team Kazarian. Jay makes a tag to Mark as they continue to work over Kaz. Scorpio Sky and Kaz take control, and they begin to work over Mark. The Briscoes get the advantage back after a slingshot double boot. And the Briscoes, they're they're very good at isolating one-man. They did it the majority of the match. First they did a Scorpio Sky, then they did a Kazarian. Uh, There was a near fall on Sky after a big vertical suplex by Mark. Uh, Mark delivered some big shots to Sky. Sky fired right back with uh, rights, but the Briscoes uh, got control back quickly. Sky hit a huge Hurricane rata, made the hot tag to Kaz, dropped kicks for everybody. Big DDT to Jay. He suplexes Mark while he had Jay uh, rolled up for a two-count, which is a really cool spot. It was a very nice spot. Uh, Sky belly-to-bellied belly one of the briscoes over the top rope onto the other. Kazarian followed that up with a Pescado, then uh, then a Hurricane Rata. Sky uh, hits a Topecon Hilo. Dual Slingshot Cutters uh, followed by Dual Dragon Sleepers, which you, you criticized Scorpio Sky's Dragon Sleeper. You weren't a fan. He did not have it locked in. I don't know if it was on purpose, but
1: I think I can lock in a better Dragon
0: Sleeper. Oh. Challenge accepted.
1: I mean, he'll kill me, so I don't want to do that. So but. the
0: Briscoes retake control. A blockbuster off the apron to Kazarian by Mark. Jay hits a big neck breaker on Kazarian for a near fall. The Briscoes hit the redneck boogie for a near fall. The crowd is firmly behind SCU. They love these guys. They go for a top rope redneck boogie, but Sky doesn't let it happen. Hits another huge hurricane rana. SoCal suit hits an uh, assisted tornado DD- DDT. Followed by a Yuranagi lung blower combo for a near fall. Jay boots the hell out of Scorpio Sky. It was a Big, big boot. Uh, he gets a J-driller onto Kazarian for near fall. And then the, here's the finish. Uh, the Briscoes set them up for a doomsday device, and Kazarian gets the counter, uh, and he turns it into, like, a mid-air scoop slam for the win. And, yeah, that was the opener. What were your thoughts?
1: It was a very interesting
0: finish. Yeah, you liked the finish.
1: I really liked the finish. I had to watch it twice because I wasn't exactly sure what happened. But, uh... The Briscoes are scary
0: people. Yeah, they're chicken farmers from Delaware, baby. They
1: are, I'm surprised WWE never made a run at them.
0: I guess they just don't really fit the WWE mold, if that makes sense. But why
1: don't they? I mean, are they really any different than the Usos? I mean, it, the, the, I mean,
0: other than I demographically, mean, are they really any different than the Usos? Demographically, ethnically, they work. They work a great tag. No, match. they do. They're they're probably one of the best tag teams in the world. Yeah, There's... they
1: were. I mean, they've had some classics with the Bucks. Yeah, too many to count on two hands, and two feet. With two people, but uh but they really work. they really I like tag team wrestling. For those of you who are new, I make this very clear on this show. Yeah, and does those like those tag team I I love tag wrestling. And those two like might do it better than I thought the bar was the best tag team in the world for a while. Dude, the bar had a little
0: run where they were really great.
1: But uh they just work I like when they work in one corner. There's a lot of psychology involved, and I just really like
0: that. So so, so would you say the Briscoes versus Usos is like a, a dream match? Yes. Yeah? The I've,
1: Briscoe's versus Usos and the Briscoes versus the bar, I think, would be very good. Oh, yeah. Because Sheamus is, could work with anybody. Yeah. And so, I mean, Cesar. his army. Sheamus is banged up nowadays. He's old. But that's that match for like 30 minutes is what I would love to see.
0: So up next was the over-budget battle royal. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one just cause there because so much, How there could, was so yeah. much going on. Like all 15 guys started on the outside of the ring, then the bell rang, and they all sprinted no, in. All
1: 15 guys. I'm not sure because I'm, I'm going to put a challenge out to you people. Did...
0: People entered the the battle royal that weren't there in the start. Real, I mean, you might not be wrong because like they were like, oh, here's the hurricane, and I literally did not see the hurricane in the match. Yeah, no, he, I didn't. Either. Like he could have been there, but so anyway, just the main thing, yeah, I know, is Bully Ray put El. I found out it wasn't Chico, it was El Hijo de Chico, it was his son. <laughs> of course, so, it was. It was El Hijo de Chico, El Luchador, through a table at the beginning of the match. And then there was pure madness. Beretta hit a suicide dive. Colt Cabana hit a nasi moonsault, which I, I, didn't, I didn't see coming. Then, of course, Billy Gunn and Tommy were teased dives, but it never happened. And then just madness, typical battle royal, eliminations, Fast and Furious. And then uh, Bully Ray thought he won, but then El Hijo de Chico, which is ridiculous to say, uh, returned to the ring. And I called it as soon as he got put through that table. You mm-hmm. did. You did check our Twitter. before it happened. And I'm like... Because
1: Rocky Romero was Rocky in the Rocky Romero m- is match. Chico
0: El Luchador, and he was in the match. And I'm like, that has to be Flip Gordon. Which makes sense on why now it's El Hijo de Chico. But, uh, Flip Gordon took off the mask, revealed who he was, and eliminated Bully Ray to get his spot and all in. And that was a nice little culmination of that storyline. I mean, you knew Flip was going to be all in somehow.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would think anybody was out there would be like, oh, he's not going to be there. He said he's all out. But, uh... This was the only Battle Royal I've ever seen where every single member was outside of the ring at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Although, they did that a lot in the Women's Royal Rumble. The Women's Royal Rumble, people just, like, roll out of the ring. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah,
1: people were like, the entire match was out that's, of the ring that, that, in this that, match. That's
0: fair. That, no, that's fair. You're right. You're right. But by Battle Royal standards, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was It was fun. It did, what it, it did what it was supposed to do. So then the main show kicked off with MJF taking on Matt Cross. MJ, MJF is playing the typical cocky heel. Cross showed a lot of athleticism early. MJF suckered Cross into a handshake, but then booted him and sent him out of the ring. He fakes a dive, then Cross gets back again, hits a crazy head scissors takedown, followed by a dive to the outside. MJF hits a forearm after pulling the ref in front of him, as uh, as he starts to work over the left arm of Matt Cross. MJF hits a hammerlock, gut wrench, power bomb, which is kind of crazy. Uh, cross then makes a one-armed comeback, hits a springboard cross body for near fall. MJF with a big double stomp to the bad arm, followed up by a package shoulder breaker, which I've never seen before. Uh, for another near fall. Big strike exchange, MJF hits an eye poke like a great heel would. Cross hits a big pump kick, standing double stomp. Cross goes for the cover but gets caught in an armbar, which was another big big uh, spot that I liked. Uh, MJF hit a pendulum pile driver for near fall, which is kind of crazy. If you didn't see the show, it was like Randy Orton's like hanging DDT from the second rope, but it was a pile driver. It was c- kind of crazy. So then MJF went for a moonsault, but he missed, tweaked the knee. Cross hit a cutter and a shooting star press for the win, and... I know you are stressing during the opener because the Penn State game yeah. was in overtime, but uh, from what you caught of the opener, what would you think? I liked it. I've never seen much of those guys. Yeah. Especially uh, MJF. Yeah, I saw him once at the WrestleCon Super Show, and he was in an eight-man tag where it was men versus yeah. women. It was an interesting match, but Jesus, he's a really good heel. He's a really yeah, good he, heel. Yeah, he just looks like one. And I think he's 23, I want to say. He 20, 22 he or 23. And Matt Cross is, you know. Yeah, Matt Cross is like, a 20-year vet.
1: He's awesome. He's, he's, he's an indie guy. So, but, yeah, I didn't catch the first three quarters of this match because my alma mater was about to lose to an unranked opponent, and I was damn near having a heart attack. Yeah. But I caught the end, and from what I saw, I was very good, a solid opener to uh, kick off a very long show.
0: So next, uh, Sean Mooney uh, was an interviewer, which there's there's not really a point to me mentioning it, but I just figured I had to mention it. He interviewed Nick Aldis, and... I was like, holy shit, that's Sean Mooney. So that was cool. When did Nick this drop Austin Idol? I'm not sure. Cause like I know it's the, hard to follow that. The original, like when the Ten Pounds of Gold tour first started, he was with he was with him. Yes, because Austin Idol amazing. And he's old, though, so he might he might be sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible.
1: But I'm saying no, no, I'm not. I'm not being terrible. Like, look, he can't take the he can't take the role like Paul Ring. That's why he didn't travel to AOP.
0: Allegedly, he, I think there's ulterior motives, but no. He's
1: 81 years old. He can't
0: travel like he used to. He still right. could kick my ass, but so Christopher Daniels versus Stephen AmeL. Interesting note: Jerry Lynn is the referee for this match. So chain wrestling early to start. Daniels out wrestles AmeL, which one would think. Uh, AmeL answers with chops. Then they begin to trade chops. AmeL hits a high angle takedown. Then Daniels backs him into the corner and hits him with chops and kicks. Amel hits a big drop kick, clotheslines Daniels over the top. Amel brings out a table, which he slams Daniels head into. They get back into the ring. Amel chokes Daniels in the corner. Daniels counters with an overhead back suplex, follows that up with boots to the ribs. Daniels continues to work over the ribs of Amel. He gets a near fall. He hits a springboard moonsault, but toys with Amel, doesn't want to pin him. Amel starts his comeback, hits hip toss, a clothesline, and gets a near fall on a falcon arrow. Then Amel hits a coast-to-coast out of nowhere for a near fall. That was kind of cool. It was.
1: And even cooler, Don Callis called Jerry Lynn the whole ref and show. Which was
0: incredible. <laughs> Daniels hit a BME for a near fall, but he kinda boxed it. He overshot it a little bit, so like his forearm maybe hit a but not much else. So uh, Daniels and Amel brawl on the top rope. Daniels ends up on the table. Amel goes for an elbow drop, but Daniel moves and a crashes through the table. Jerry Lynn will not let it end in a double count out. He throws both men in the ring. Lynn takes off his ref shirt and throws it at Daniels. Amel gets a near fall after a schoolboy from behind. Daniels hops back on offense, clubs Amell repeatedly. Daniels goes for Angel's Wings. Amell counters it for a near fall. Then Daniels hits another BME for the win. And I thought it was an impressive uh, singles debut for Amell. It's his third match ever, his first singles match.
1: You know what I just realized in the last 30 seconds?
0: What's that? You know how, You know what match this was very similar to? What? AJ and Chain at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I, I can see comparisons. I mean, world-class worker in CD. Yeah. Uh, just a legend of the business. And Amel held his own. No,
0: Amel, Amel I give good. him that. He, he looked
1: he looked very good. The coast-to-coast coast was gnarly. Yeah. And he tweeted it was the only time he's ever done it, which, that's balls. That's that's he has, That's a lot of balls on him to try it. But this match was exactly what it needed to be. It was fun. Really surprised at the ending. Yeah. Uh, uh, we both picked Amel in the uh, pre-show, or in the, the prediction pre- show. Yeah, the
0: prediction show. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's rare that celebs come in and lose, and obviously Amel had no problem doing the job, which... I don't see why he would. It's not like he's an actor. But uh yeah, I was surprised that uh Daniels got the win. But yeah, I can't complain about the match. It was it was a good match and Amel more than held his own. I thought he looked pretty good for a guy who's only had two matches, that were both tags. I was surprised John Mayer was there. Yeah, that was that was kind of shocking.
1: That was I mean John it was Mayer kinda was kinda shocking awesome. and random. It was, it was random. Like of all the people, I didn't think it'd be him.
0: Like all right, any, other, any any other uh, any other comments on that match for we move on? Oh, Steve, I I do love the arrow. And uh, I mean, I could see him working other matches in the future. Oh yeah, I think I think he'll he'll stick around. He can like live him, on the, the bubble love. of pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, you know I, th- I, mean? I think I think he will. So up next might be a sleeper for match of the night. I really enjoyed this match. Madison Rayne versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard. First of all, I got to say Britt Baker coming out to Adam Cole's ROH theme, huge pop by me. That was awesome. So the match starts with Rain offering each woman a handshake. They all take it, uh, except Tessa who drills her with a forearm. Tessa sends Rain in the barricade while Green and Baker brawl in the ring. Chelsea charges, but Tessa cuts her off. Tessa hits some big stripes and a- strikes and a variation of the magnum on Baker. Tessa press slams uh, Rain into the-, into the other three ladies. Green has a pump kick to Baker and a suicide dive onto everyone. Tessa hits a dive onto Green and Baker. Rain goes to the top rope and hits a big crossbody onto everyone. Brit hits a sling blade onto everyone, gets, gets a near fall on Green. Rain hits a ripcord cutter, which is really cool, on Britt Baker for a near fall. Tessa with a crazy delayed vertical suplex. Then Chelsea Green pulled out the Broski boot, which is in tribute to her boyfriend, Zach Ryder. Woo, woo, woo. Even with the woo-woo-woo. Even with woo, the woo-woo-woo. It was great. And it wasn't the only uh, WWE-like maneuver on this show, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, so she hit that on Tessa. Mass and Rain hit a big DDT on the Tessa. Green followed that up with a big missile dropkick. Rain hit a botched cutter for a near fall. She kind of messed it up a little bit. Uh, Green hit a curb stomp to Rain, followed by an unprettier. Crazy sequences of super kicks, and uh, and it leads to Baker getting a near fall. Rain with a crucifix bomb to Tessa with a near fall. Green with an unprettier to Britt Baker. She gets her foot on the rope. Green hits a Canadian Destroyer on Tessa Blanchard for a near fall. Blanchard hits a Hammerlock DDT on a green for the win. It looked like it may have been botched. I'm not sure it didn't look like it went right. Yeah, it didn't look it just didn't it look It might have been the finish. It might have been did, the finish. I
1: I don't think it went as planned.
0: But it looked like uh, rain was supposed to break it up and she just got there late. I could be completely wrong and that's just how it was supposed to go. But it it looked kind of boxed. But I really enjoyed this match as you could probably tell by my notes. It was all over the place. There was tons of shit going this on. This
1: was this was probably my second favorite match on the show.
0: Yeah. It was it was really good. It was
1: very good. Women's wrestling is everywhere. Yep. Don't know how the hell Tessa Blanchard is not in the WWE.
0: Yeah, but if she, I was
1: If I was them, I would get her immediately. She was in the Mae Young Classic She was, day, so they, which, which is unreal. She was trained by, uh... Who was she trained by?
0: I'm not sure, off the top of my head. She wasn't
1: trained by Lance.
0: No. Was she? Uh, Rachel Ellering was trained by Lance. Rachel Ellering, okay. Yeah. I knew
1: it was... Yeah. I messed that up completely, but, uh... Eh, it's same second generation. Second family. generation to a similar kind of person. And, uh, like, you
0: looked up that, uh, apparently her father's obviously Tully... But her stepfather's Magnum T is that what you? I up? didn't look it up, but like multiple people were tweeting about it. I just brought it up to you. So if that's true, that's weird. Yeah, that's
1: Like, that's that's like really they were sitting together too, which is strange. But uh, no, this match was awesome. The the gear on Chelsea Green,
0: yeah, might have been really her best gear it. ever. Uh, but yeah, that was I really enjoyed that match. and I also enjoyed what came next. It was Cody versus Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. And uh, Cody had his posse, consisting of Diamond Dallas Page, Tommy Dreamer, Brandy, and Farrow, the dog. And Brandy's brother and father, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And then uh, Nick Aldis's posse included, of all people, Jeff Jarrett and Sean Devari.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he found them.
0: <laughs> I mean, Jeff Jarrett makes sense. He's a former NWA champion. He is, but it's just a we like, Daivari? <laughs> and Davari got involved in the match, which is even crazier, <laughs> which we'll get to. That was during Cody's uh, selling. Right? Yeah, yeah. The crowd was very into this match. especially into Cody. His gear, oh, his oh, gear, yeah. his gear. Though I told you about the weight belt. The you weight saw, belt I, I didn't see awesome. it up until the,
1: he had the dream shirt on with the tie. His own, his own, tights, but uh, with the belt with the polka dots and the American flag. Yeah, and it do was the just, work.
0: Said so do the work, and it was just oh man, I'm getting chills thinking about it. It, it was. It was, was awesome.
1: It's the best wrestling
0: can be. Yeah. and we'll talk about the worst wrestling can be in a little bit, but <laughs> so the two chain wrestle early, and Cody hits a Stardust cartwheel. I don't know if you caught that, but he did. Yeah. He did the Stardust cartwheel. Aldis responds by lounging on the top rope like he's Shawn Michaels in 1994. Uh, the two go back to chain wrestling. Cody gets a big dropkick followed by a suicide dive. Aldous rams Cody back first in the ring post. Aldis hits some big chops on the Cody, whips him hard into the buckle. He gets a near fall after after a beautiful fisherman suplex. Aldis continues to get the heat on Cody. The two go to a double down. Cody hits a super kick, goes for a crossroads, but can't hit it. Another double down after double crossbody. Uh, Aldis hit Cody with an elbow after Cody went for a dive. And then Earl Hebner threw up the dreaded X, but it was a working X. Earl Hebner looks like shit. (laughs) Oh, we got to backtrack. They gave Earl Hebner mic time, and he completely forgot his line. Is he that old? And Cody's just in there, like, looking at him smiling, like, come on, Earl. Come on, Earl. Yeah, he didn't
1: know what to do. He, he, <laughs> he's like, uh, The light left his soul halfway through <laughs> his promo, but, uh... uh <laughs> Poor Earl. I didn't know he was that old. Like, I mean, he looked like hell. He's been
0: through some stuff. He has. I wonder if he stole from all in. Oh, come on. Let's not go there. Let's not go Let's there. not go there. So Hebner throws up the working X, and then DDP comes down to check on Cody, and all of a sudden... Sean Daivari comes down and pushes DDP. Then he goes in the ring and pushes Earl Hebner. So then DDP comes in, hits a diamond cutter on Daivari. Then Cody bladed. Cody bladed. A hard old school Dusty blade, too. Yeah. I'm not sure who he's paying tribute to, Ric Flair or Dusty, because he hit the figure four and he bladed like a maniac. So that's, that's <laughs> like Flair if I've ever seen it. That him. is Flair. So Aldous delivers punches to the open wound. Cody starts his comeback. He hits a gold dust scoop slam, which looked dangerous because Aldous's head was like dangerously low. Goldust is the
1: best person that does that in the business. And that's not the, my, the, the homer in me. He might have the best
0: scoop slam in the business. It's either him or Randy Orton. It's yeah. one of those two. Cody misses a moonsault. Aldis, uh hits a fallaway slam off the middle rope. And then a big splash for near fall. Cody locks in the figure four. Aldous rolls over and reverses the pressure, but Cody quickly gets to the ropes. Cody counters a penalty kick and sweeps the leg. He hits Aldis with a running power slam on the floor. Cody tries the Alabama slam, but his back gives out. He picks him back up and hits the Alabama Slam for a near fall. He goes for the disaster kick, but Aldis moves out of the way. Uh, Aldis hits Cody with a powerbomb for a near fall, transitions into the Kingsland. Cody gets to the ropes eventually as Brandy tries to convince him to stop. Uh, Aldis plants Cody with a pile driver. He goes for an elbow drop, but Brandy crawls on top of Cody and just eats this elbow drop. Ugly. So Aldis goes for the cover anyway, gets a near fall. Cody comes back, hits the disaster kick and the crossroads, but Aldis kicks out shockingly. The two begin to exchange stripes. Strikes, and then uh, Cody counters a sunset flip into a cradle for the win, and Cody Rhodes becomes the ninety-fourth NWA World Heavyweight Champion and becomes the first second-generation guy to hold it.
1: I was crying. Were you crying? I was
0: tearing up a little bit. It was
1: just amazing. It was. I'm. I'm gonna make a proclamation here, and maybe you can tell me how bold it is on a scale of one to ten. All right. Cody might not be the best wrestler in the world, but.
0: He might be the best storyteller. Oh, he gets the business. On he gets the business. He might be the best storyteller. He gets the business. And 100%. I wonder where he gets that from. Yeah, like I we tweeted out. Uh, it was just old school storytelling, and Rick Harley and Dusty are all proud. That was awesome. And Cody's storytelling
1: is just unreal. He was bleeding like his father would. Yeah. He he actually paid tribute to his father in a couple of those in a couple of those uh, spots.
0: Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, that was any other thoughts on the NWA title match?
1: I'm glad the NBA the, oh, yeah, excuse the me, NBA. is NBA, not for a couple months. Uh I'm glad this is a thing. Billy yeah. Corrigan has done a great job with that. And all this I give him where it's due. It he did it incredibly.
0: Yeah, the NWA is He was the right person to have it. It's is it was nice to that title back defended on a big stage. It really yeah. was.
1: The ten pounds of gold is important to a lot of wrestling fans, and not even us, because we've never seen it defended. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's before and our era. Our truth was a multiple-time <laughs> NWA champion in our lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, the heyday was gone by the Don't time we were Art born. Don't truth
0: All he wants is a match with Carmella.
1: He might be the best part of SmackDown right now. I laugh every time I see him.
0: So up next is probably the wackiest and, da- and most dangerous match of the night. It was a Chicago street fight, the bad boy Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. Page gets the advantage early and sends Joey to the outside. Page gets a dive. But Janella answers with a dive of his own. Paige hits a giant moonsault to Janella on the outside. Pretty. Hangman hits a rolling elbow and follows it up with a pump handle fallaway slam onto a chair, which was disgusting. Paige gets a near fall after that fallaway slam. Then he pulls out a Cracker Barrel. I'm, I'm not joking. He pulled out a Cracker Barrel. From? Cracker Barrel.
1: Yeah, it was... I think there might have been crackers in it. I I'm I don't know. really upset they didn't open it. I'm, it's kind of like who hit KO with the pie. It's, it's going to be a, a mystery.
0: So Janela whips Paige into the barrel. Then Janela hits a running senton off of the barrel into the crowd. Janela rolls the barrel at, at Paige like it's fucking Donkey Kong. But uh, he leaped out of the way, but he ended up eating an elbow from Janela. Page comes back and hits a huge buckshot lariat in the outside. Page pulls out a table. Janela hits a huge Death Valley driver into the corner gets a near fall. Then Janela pulls out a ladder. He makes a bridge using the apron and the previously talked about barrel. Page hits a burning hammer onto the ladder, and that looks like it was bad times. That looked like it was really bad times. Yeah, it looked like it hurt so bad. So Paige pulls out a garbage bag when all of a sudden Penelope Ford comes in and hops on Hangman's back. She smacks the hell out of Paige. Paige swings back at her, but she backflips away and hits him with a stunner and falls it up with a huge crossbody, which is a sentence I can't believe I just read. Ford sets Paige up on the table. Janella hits a huge elbow drop through the table. Janela drags Paige up the ramp, and Janella runs very slowly and hits Paige at the clothesline. <laughs> like... I think Magnum TA could have ran faster than him, and that might be a terrible joke, but that's just how slow this man was running. Yeah, he
1: was he was pitter pattering. I'm 300 pounds and I can run almost as fast so as him. So
0: Janella you. pulled more tables out of nowhere. I don't know where the hell he pulled these tables from. They're like between the barricade and the ramp. Uh, then all of a sudden, Paige hits a big super kick, and he powerbombed Janella off the ramp, down the stairs, through the table, which Janella bounced off of. It looked awful. It did. It looked. And amazingly,
1: awesome. that was not the scariest spot of the match.
0: So then Paige has another buckshot lariat and follows it up with a right of passage. Uh, Ford breaks up the pin. Paige empties out the garbage bag, and it's his boots that caused him to kill Joey Ryan, which, once again, is another sentence I can't believe I just read. <laughs> so he drills Ford and then Janela drills Paige with a super kick for a near fall. Janela gets another ladder and table. Paige pulls out the phone he killed Joey Ryan with, which, once again, I cannot believe I, I said that. He then proceeded to strangle Janela with this phone. Paige hits the right of passage off a ladder through a table for the win, which was terrifying. And then, I can't believe it. Wait,
1: wait, let's talk about the match first, and then we'll talk about the, the, the what happened after the match. It was a very entertaining match. It was a very entertaining match. Uh, uh, we've watched a lot of wrestling together over the last two years now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there was ever a spot which made both of us scream in oh, terror yeah. before yeah. it happened in that
0: finish. Yeah, like when he set it up for the rites of passage, we thought was, we thought we we both thought it was going to be one of those things like, okay, they always tease this dangerous ass stuff, but they never do it. And then I saw him like step off the ladder and it was in like slow motion. I'm like, no. That's that's the, the margin
1: for error in that particular spot it had to be so razor thin. Yeah. But he took care of me. He, he, he leaned to the side, so he got he took most of the brunt of the fall.
0: There's not a safe way to take the bump, but, no, it, but... it worked the best way it could have worked. Yes. But now we gotta get to the aftermath of this match. Yeah.
1: Luckily, there's a third person watching this match with us. My father.
0: Oh, Jesus. Who went upstairs, thankfully, seconds before this happened. Yeah, see, he had good timing to go upstairs. So, next, the lights go out. They show a video where it's Joey Ryan's dead body getting an erection. Then, all of a sudden, giants' dicks walk out. Dick monks. That's not. I'm I, this isn't hyperbole like hyperbole like I'm not saying like these guys are dicks like they were literally penises giant penises locked out and then Joey Ryan made his grand entrance through the dicks uh <laughs> Hangman Page took the penis sentence in 2018 Hangman Page took the penis plex and the super kick and then the giant dicks carried out Page's lifeless body and then there's a rest and penis chant somehow we went from the NWA World Championship being defended in front of 10,000 people to giant dicks carrying out Hangman Page. And I'm not mad about it. That's the and
1: there's not a sentence that describes wrestling better than the one you just said.
0: Yeah, and I'm not mad about it. Like no, it's,
1: I mean, I'm not a fan of all the stupid dick shit. I can't say I am either, but I don't, I don't But, like, if it. he's out there making money from yeah, it. Yeah, good let for him. him. I mean, good for him. You saw Jerry uh, Jerry Lawler throw a fireball at his head yes, dick. Yes,
0: I, I was at WrestleCon Super Show, and I was very drunk, and I was there by myself, because the rest of my friends didn't get in until Friday. And I'm just sitting there like, drunk, watching the second match, and Joey Ryan comes out, dressed as Andy Kaufman, and challenges any woman to come out, and out comes Jerry the King Lawler, and he throws a fireball at his dick, and I'm like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought I was in, like, the Twilight Zone or something. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. But that's that's my Joey Ryan story. So
1: Joey Ryan's not dead anymore, so that's good, I guess. Or was
0: it the ghost of Joey Ryan? It could have been the ghost of Joey Ryan. It could Ryan. have been the ghost of Joey Ryan. On the way, Don Callis. said, I know a lot about penises,
1: but not a lot about The Great Beyond, which made me pop a little bit. It was funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Don Callis is good at his job. He he's he's got a weird charisma about him that works. But yeah, uh, we went from an emotional moment of Cody winning the NWA Championship to the emotional moment of seeing a man rise from the dead. How? I, I don't even. What could follow that? Well, I'll tell you what followed that: Flip Gordon versus Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Title. So Flip is with Brandy Rhodes and Jay is Black Mo, and he's wearing Savage's gear from WCW and he's with the genius Lenny Poffo. And I'm not gonna lie, I didn't take a lot of notes about this match uh, during this match because this is when the pizza arrived and I was very hungry. <laughs> this match, this match is to be enjoyed though. This match is very good. They kind of killed Randy Savage's elbow drop because uh, Lethal hit three of them and then. Randy Savage killed Randy Savage's
1: elbow <laughs> drop when he woke up Hulk Hogan with one.
0: <laughs> I know, but oh man. That happened. I know it happened, and it's terrible and hysterical at the same time. But this match, Jay Lethal is so good. Jay Lethal very we, good. We talked about this during the
1: match. I don't know how he never ended up with WWE. Yeah. And he's I, like exactly what they were looking for.
0: And I think that the Black Machismo and Ric Flair imitations are almost as much of a blessing as a curse, because no matter how good of a wrestler he is, everyone just wants to hear him talk like Randy Savage or him talk like Ric Flair. And he's a phenomenal worker. He's really good, and... I don't know. I think he obviously gets respect. Uh, the fans obviously appreciate him, but I just feel like... The character of Jay Lethal can make a lot of money in WWE. Yeah. So anyway, Lethal won a back-and-forth match, with hot, which highlighted, highlights included uh, Flip Gordon hulking up and hitting a big boot after he hulked up. And he did a lot of flips, hence the name Flip Gordon.
1: I think they might have did the WrestleMania 5 spot.
0: Yeah, they might have. And then uh, Jay Lethal eventually won with, le- with the Lethal Injection. And then uh Bully Ray came out and took out both men. Millie Bully punts Poffo in the balls, but then Colt Cabana comes out and makes the save. Then Flip, Lethal, and Cabana shield bomb Bully Ray through the- through a table. Which was interesting. It was interesting. So any other thoughts in the Ring of Honor world title match? No. <clears throat> Jay Lethal is should have won, I think. Yeah. Jay Lethal is an amazing champion. And Flip's awesome, but he's just not at that level yet, and that's not a knock at him. He could he could get to that level, but I think him beating Jay Lethal for the world title out of nowhere would just be would not happen yet. Yeah. So Kenny Omega versus Pentagon or Penta El Zero, whatever you want to call him. I'm just for the sake of simplicity, I'm just gonna call him Pentagon during this review. Yeah, I'm, I think everybody's okay with that. Pentagon starts the match by taunting him. Uh, he nails a big kick to the ribs. Pentagon hits a springboard backcracker, and this match is all Pentagon early. It's a sling, a sling blade, and Hilo. Pentagon with a big chop then the two exchange chops on the outside. Pentagon hits a power slam on the floor. Pentagon continues to chop Omega. Omega hits some chops of his own. Omega went for his you can't escape this combo, but Pentagon countered the moonsault by getting his knees up. Omega hit a springboard crossbody to the outside. Big top rope drop drop kick to the back of Pentagon's head. Omega goes for a V-trigger but gets caught with a super kick. Snap dragon by Omega. Kenny goes to the one-winged angel but gets caught with another backcracker. Pentagon goes for a stomp but misses and gets caught with a clothesline. Kenny hits a DVD for a near fall. He falls it up with a V trigger. Pentagon hits a head trapped super kick and falls it up with a double stomp for a, a close near fall. Omega hits yet another v, uh, v trigger. Pentagon says zero Miero and eats another V trigger. He starts to say it again, but Omega hits him with a power bomb V trigger combo before he could finish saying it. That's another near fall. Pentagon hits a pump handle spinning falcon arrow, which is the best way I can describe it. Yeah,
1: I don't know how to explain that, but goddamn, Pentagon was impressive
0: during this match. Yeah, he's really good. So that's another near fall. Kenny gives Pentagon chops on the apron, followed by a big boot, and then, perhaps this, maybe the scariest moment of the show, Pentagon hits a fear factor on the apron, Ugh. which I don't know if you know this, but the apron is the hardest part of the ring. You know, I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, but lost in the secret. We were both thinking, like, all right, he's not gonna hit this fear factor on the apron, and then he hit the fear factor, and on then the apron. we both thought Kenny was dead. Yeah,
1: and then that that was his head was low. Is his head always that low when he hits that move?
0: I don't know. i not really, never really paid attention like, to the head. but Apparently it was safe, though, because they seemed fine. Dear God, was it scary. So then uh, Pentagon has a double stomp for near fall. Kenny hits a spinning fear factor, which is crazy, and that's only good for near fall. Hits a V trigger, goes for a one-winged angle, angel, but Pentagon counters, and he does his arm break, followed up by another fear factor, and I literally said, oh, shit, Pentagon just beat Kenny Omega, but Omega kicks out. Pentagon goes for a super kick. Kenny catches it and hits him with a chop. Pentagon hits a massive V-trigger and reverse spike Rana. Kenny hits a V-trigger and a one-winged angel for the win. And then Kenny's celebrating when all of a sudden the lights go out. Then Chris Jericho is in the ring, dressed as Pentagon, and attacks Omega. Terrifying. And he hits two code breakers. I like his New Japan-style code breaker. Yeah, like the running... Like, one, one knee one? Yeah. Yeah. If
1: it's, if it's, if it's, if it's that's just to set up a cruise, that's impressive.
0: He's out. See you on the cruise. But... Jericho,
1: there's nothing scarier than Chris Jericho and makeup.
0: Yeah, that, what was scarier? Bushy Jericho or Pentagon? Bushy Jericho. Jericho. Bushy Jericho. But he had the teeth for Pentagon. It was just yeah, he did. I recognized the gut. I recognized the tattoos. As soon I I as, soon as soon I saw the tattoos, I was like, oh, that's Jericho.
1: Where was he on the where do you think he was in the PWY top five hundred? I didn't read the
0: magazine. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't look at it either. I mean, He's had a resurgence like crazy. He should yeah. be. He should be somewhere in probably the top twenty-five. But I don't know. I haven't looked. I disagreed with that list a little bit. Yeah, their 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 lists are always weird. It's like I don't know what the criteria is, but like I don't know. Like, like I don't think Naito
1: should have been on the list.
0: Wow, Naito should Naito's top ten easily.
1: Naito might be the best top ten talents in the world, but what has he done this year?
0: I mean, he was Intercontinental Champion. He was. He had great Magic Jericho. I thought
1: Pentagon could have snuck in he there.
0: May have, he may have in the Tokyo Dome. He did. I think. I think. I think he Pentagon or Osprey could have snuck in there. There's no argument for both those guys, especially Osprey. But I'm not really mad at it. It's the PWI. No, it doesn't really matter. But any other thoughts on uh,
1: Pentagon Omega? This match was as good as we expected. Pentagon's impressive. Did wonder if there was anybody out there that thought Omega was going to lose. I don't think so. No. I mean,
0: I thought he did for that split second after that fear factor. But I picked Omega yeah, I the think whole he was time. Out. It's just like he broke his arm and then hit the fear factor. Like I'm like, oh shit. Omega Lost. And I thought maybe that set up Omega to have like a, a little mini run in TNA cuz Pentagon's in TNA and obviously Don Callis runs TNA who is good friends with Omega, so conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have, I would have been like I would have been surprised, but I would I would it's not like it was out of the realm of possibility to me at least. Well, if that was a solid match, I would love to see that again. Uh, but anyway, we had Marty Scurll versus uh Kazuchika Okada and prior to the match, Marty Scurll is backstage with the Two Hands from Being the Elite. Who chastise him and tell him he basically sucks, and then he breaks both of their fingers, and then he walks to the ring, and then Okada comes to the ring, no balloons, he's back in the robe, he's like he's the rainmaker robe again. He's like champion Okada all over again. So the match starts. Okada plays mind games earlier. Marty plays mind games right back. They start to chain wrestle. Marty goes for a shoulder tackle, but his two o five live frame doesn't budge Okada. Okada marks, knocks Marty down with a shoulder tackle of his own. Marty can't suplex Okada, so he chops him in the corner instead. Okada nails Skrull with elbows. Marty moves and Okada crashes into the corner. Marty goes for another suplex, but he can't get Okada up and Okada hits a suplex of his own. Skrull hits uppercuts and a kick and he follows it up with a suicide dive. Skrull chops Okada. Skrull stomps the elbow of Okada. Okada is able to fight back into a flapjack. Okada hits a neckbreaker for near fall and, he fall, and then he hits a big DDT on the floor. Okada hits a springboard senton, which is pretty cool. Skrull throws some desperate strikes from his knee. Skrull with a big a big chop that Okada no sells. He blasts Skrull with an elbow. Skrull battles out of a straight jacket hold. Skrull hits a backstabber, and then Marty hits an insiguri and a tornado DDT that gets him a near fall. Okada hits a back elbow and a DDT of his own for a near fall. Marty is finally gets Okada up and drops him with a big brain buster. Marty tries to power Okada up again, but fails. Uh, Okada scoops him up and drops his head right into his knee. Okada goes to the top. Marty meets him up there with an uppercut. They have a strike exchange on the top rope. Skrull hits a big superplex in the two exchange cradles. Skrull with a big powerbomb for near fall. Okada with a big shotgun dropkick. Follows it up with a huge missile dropkick for near fall. That looked like it hurt so bad. Yeah, Okada's like missile dropkicks are crazy. He shot him across the ring. Yeah. Marty with a big tornado DDT, Okada battles back and hits a tombstone. Okada goes for the Rainmaker and taunts Marty with 2 oh, 5 but then Skrull grabs his fingers and breaks them. Okada with a big dropkick and goes for another Rainmaker, but Skrull counters with a chicken wing. Okada tries to power out, but Skrull holds on. Okada rolls through and gets a near fall. Okada goes for a tombstone, but Skrull shoves Okada into a tiger atori. Skrull hits Okada with the umbrella and hits his own Rainmaker for a near, near fall. I thought it was over there. He cracked him with that umbrella. He he did. And the umbrella said all in on it, which is a nice touch. They're selling those, I think. Marty goes for a chicken wing, uh, but is hit with a Rainmaker. Okada cannot capitalize, however. Marty begs Okada for more, so he drills him in the forearm. He does it again, and he does it again. Then Marty spits in Okada's face and slaps him. Okada hits a spinning ra- uh, Rainmaker followed by a regular Rainmaker for the win. I thought that was a great match. I thought it
1: was too. thought it was a little long. Think so? thought it went a little long, but it could have just been
0: because we were three and a half hours in at the point. Well, I thought, I thought the main event was kind of short, so maybe that did go long.
1: I think it went long. main event I thought was shorter than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. Well, like you could hear them calling spots, and uh, I heard Rick Knox say, all right, we got to go home. We got to go home. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. It seems a little early.
1: But, uh, that match went, uh, it was fine. I mean, Okada, I, I still think Okada's best wrestler on the planet. Oh yeah, so do I. I I think Omega is, I think you can really put Styles, Omega, and Okada in any order and have an argument for that order. I agree. They're,
0: they're definitely, they're the undisputed top three. Yes. They are just, the undisputed era just, top three. Just whatever, what just whatever order you put them in is it's personal, I guess. Yeah, it's up to you.
1: But, I, I think Okada's one, and I thought he was one last year. Yeah. And, uh... Okada just works insanely. Uh, he there's a reason he was the longest reigning IWGP champion ever. Was it wait, wait it was longest reigning or most title defenses? I think it's
0: most title defenses. Most title
1: defenses. I know they have they uh, operate under both stats, but uh, this match this match was what I'm telling you. Marty was good.
0: Marty's really good. I Marty,
1: like... we said we both want to see him next year if we go to WrestleCon Super Show.
0: Yeah, I, see the thing is, since everyone in the garden. I don't know how much of, like of their their guys are going to let do other shows because I like, think about it. Yeah, um, I imagine how pissed you'd be if, uh, say, Kenny Omega works WrestleCon Super Show and he gets hurt before the Garden Show. You'd be pissed. But those contr- contracts aren't exclusive, so, I mean... Uh, well, yeah, Marty's isn't, but...
1: But, uh, Marty would be a good addition to 205 Live. Yeah, I... If they went and got all the guys uh, that, are, that are under 205 outside WWE, they could... 205 Live could be the best show on... Any television for wrestling in the world.
0: I mean, it's already real good. I just think people don't give it a chance because, like. Nobody watches it. The, the pre Triple H era of 205 Live was awful. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was horrible. It was Show. But now, now it's. Even before the Zo yeah. Show, it was just. It was just bad. Now it's just now incredible it's awesome. work. Buddy, that tornado tag match. Yeah, Buddy Murphy's putting on bangers every week. He is. Mustafa Ali is awesome. Mustafa Ali. That's the another that's thing about the cruiserweight division. I get why they do it, but I wish they'd let some of those guys wrestle other people. Like, I would love to see Mustafa Ali versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. Just think about that match. That, that, that would be insane. But I get why they keep them, like, separated, but I just wish that they just let them mingle a little bit in the heavyweight division. But that's another discussion for another time. Because we still have the main events of the evening. The Golden Elite comprising of the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. Taking on the team of Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Ray Mysterio Jr. So my How a no- team that was. My notes on this are pretty shitty because i could not keep up but i'm just gonna give you what i got and then give you my thoughts afterwards yeah we can talk about it after so matt and bandito start a lot of athleticism bandito hits a big dive nick gets a tag and they hit a double nick a double hip toss and drop kick combo phoenix gets a tag and hits a cutter for near fall abushi hit gets the tag and so does mysterio and the place goes nuts so the two have uh, an exchange and it's a stalemate abushi gets the advantage and tags matt mysterio hits matt with a ddt and tags phoenix Matt hits and hits an almost inverted Spanish fly, I guess is the best way to describe it, under Phoenix. Abushi and Bandito get the tag, Abushi hits a standing moonsault for near fall, Abushi hits a double pele on Phoenix and Bandito. Nick gets a tag, he hits a bulldog clothesline combo and a crazy dive. Abushi hits the golden triangle moonsault on the other side, and Ray hits an moon moonsault onto everybody. Phoenix, Phoenix hits another crazy dive, as does Bandito, and just everybody's taken out on the floor at this point. Bandito and Nick battle up the ramp. Matt hits a giant cannonball off the ramp onto a pile of bodies. The Bucks hit a buckle-bomb-kick combo. Abushi hits a huge German out of a powerbomb by Nick for a near-fall. Bandito hits a triple hurricane rod onto all three guys. Yeah, I don't to know how he did that. Yeah, that was crazy. His legs
1: were really wide. They were.
0: He was ready to give birth. That was the
1: most indie spot of all time. He was ready way. to give birth. That was the most independent wrestling spot of all time.
0: <laughs> so Ray gets a tag, comes in on fire. Matt catches a six one nine attempt. Phoenix takes out a Bushi with a flying knee. Bandito takes out Nick. Ray hits a six one nine to Matt. Phoenix is a destroyer. Bandito hits a poison rana, and then Ray hits a frog, frog splash. And after all that, he kicks out. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was hard to keep up. It was like a, uh, was like in Happy Gilmore when the people are watching the ball go. Go back and forth. <laughs> that's that's, that's a perfect w- description. That is how you gotta watch this match.
0: So Bandito hits a backflip, back flipping blockbuster on a mat for a near fall. Nick hits a super kick to Bandito, double super kick to Phoenix and Mysterio. Golden Elite hit more bang for your golden buck for a near fall, which I just need. I just made that move up. It's more bang for your buck, but Abushi was involved too, so I guess now it's more bang for your golden buck. Uh, the Bucks hit the melter, driver into Bandito for the win. And this match, like we would say, in this match is a little shorter than we thought it would be, but overall I enjoyed it. Yeah, the Bucks really won me over in the last year. Yeah, it used to be this, a, used to be big anti Bucks. This was a
1: more classic, like non yeah, psychology is... Bucks match though.
0: But I feel like that's what this crowd wanted.
1: That's no, I yeah. that is the match they needed. Yeah, yeah. That's what got them famous. That's so when you what, have
0: those six guys in the ring, like yeah, Ray looks phenomenal. Ray looked in real great shape. Like if Ray's going to two oh five live, I'm looking forward you to it. You think they're gonna put him in two oh five? For continuality purposes they have to, right? I mean he was, in, he was in the Royal Rumble match and he was the only like he would have been the only cruiserweight in that not the greatest Royal Rumble there were cruiserweights in that but the actual Royal yeah, Rumble 635,
1: Royal 635 Rumble. people yeah, in that yeah,
0: match well, they, had, they needed the whole roster <laughs> but I don't know man like I think he should go to 205 Live So it would help the viewership but at the same time like it's Rey Mysterio it's, yeah, don't you want eyes on him Yeah, like, it's, there's it's, no it's, guarantee that if you send him to the 205 Live it helps the viewership like in theory no, it should but
1: if that shows they care about 205
0: Live if he goes there that's fair. That's another fair point, but do they you know care I mean? about it? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I
1: think but if, if he's on 205 live, you know they really want that show to work.
0: Yeah. But I mean,
1: so overall thoughts on all in. I thought it was a good show. Was a good show, I agree with uh, you. maybe a little underwhelming because everybody's expectations are so high.
0: Yeah, it's we were talking about this. And I'm not saying it was disappointing because it wasn't, but everyone expected this like magical night with all these surprises. Hold on. I
1: saw Dick Monks, so it was, that was pretty, pretty magical. magical. But, uh... But you know what other, I mean. Yeah, like, no, every, was...
0: everybody expected, like, seven D2
1: star matches. Yeah. And this was pretty pretty basic for an indie show.
0: It was good. It was really good. No, like, no, I it don't want to sound like I'm just dis- shitting on the show. No, I
1: think I think the fans out there understand, because I see a lot of opinions online that are the same. They needed to put a little more production value into it, and they tried. Yeah. They yeah. tried.
0: But production goes a long way. Yeah, I think... I mean, hey, they had Pyro. That's more you say about. Th- that's more than you can say for WWE. Yeah, they didn't have mics in the ring, so... <laughs> but...
1: It won't be the last one, I don't think.
0: Really? So you got them all staying in the indies?
1: I mean, event like that. No, I think I think the Bucks and Kenny are coming to WWE. I made that a clear to you and on the podcast in future or past episodes.
0: So, yeah, but uh, do you think this was a revolutionary event? Yes. I think so, too. I think... Just I'm, the fact that this existed, yeah. it made it good. And another cool fact, duh, this is Jericho's first time appearing on a u.s wrestling show that's not wwe since 99 yeah it's crazy isn't it It he said he'd he'd never do it but obviously he changed his mind yep vince probably pissed him off no i don't i don't think so i think i think jericho jericho i think vince ran this whole thing jericho's outlook has changed now that's just a crazy conspiracy theory you're right i don't think vince is like i'm sure vince wasn't vince um, has calmed down yeah over the years with competition if this was, like, 99, he would have lost his shit. And he would have sent Pat Patterson there just to fuck it up. <laughs> but I think I because think we were we were both very young during the Monday Night Wars. Now it's kind of like the last revolutionary time in wrestling. So it's just really cool to be, like, a fan living through, like, this next... Uh, From
1: where wrestling was in 2010 yeah. to where it is now is actually absolutely... Like, I think amazing. it's
0: getting to the point where it's cool to be a wrestling fan again. Yeah. Like, you walk down the street, you see wrestling t-shirts, you see celebrities wrestling fans yeah it's more it's getting more mainstream again and like and there's there's something out there for everybody absolutely like we saw. you saw great storytelling in the cody match and the very next match there were dick druids and monks. Uh, dick monks they're not monks or druids we could argue about this all day but uh you see giant inflatable dicks and then you see joey ryan so like there's something for everything in wrestling probably these guys the from all the shots we saw it looked like there wasn't a seat available in the house it looked jam-packed uh and, man, it, they did it. They pulled it off. Yeah. They pulled it off. And from everything I saw, StarCast looked amazing. Disappointed I couldn't make it out. But my wallet's still drained after my last trip. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just wrestling's in a great place right now, and it's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, unbelievable.
0: There you go. Yeah, there you go. I no, thought you were finishing I'm talking to you. I thought you were finishing to I'm, sense. Either, I'm
1: sorry. I was answering a wrestling-based text message. But, uh. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing else we can really talk about. The show is a great show. Now, for those of you that are new, uh, this is not our typical show.
0: Yeah, we usually go on Tuesdays. We usually go on Tuesdays. We want, we want and to celebrate our new collaboration with a bang.
1: We talk about everything in wrestling, from Osaka to Omaha, North and South. I,
0: lo- I love. I wanted to get that, that line, is. and you knew it. But uh, I'd say put that in our Twitter bio, but our bio is already too long. <laughs> We usually have a main event d- segment. I literally had to delete stuff to add the new partnership. and I had to give Sticker the axe because I figured no one listens to it on Sticker. So I just took that out of our bio. It's still available on Sticker, but it's just not in our bio. Fair enough. I figured but, that was the best one to give the axe to.
1: But uh, we usually have a main event segment. Like, we've rebooked The Invasion, we've talked about CM Punk. Oh, we're going all the, that damn
0: invasion that took two weeks of our life.
1: Yeah, it took that took a lot of hours, so if you listen to that... If yes, you are please new- go back and
0: listen to that. Like, I don't care if you never listen to another show again. <laughs> Actually, I do care to listen to all of them. But we put our heart and soul on that Invasion show, so just give that one a listen. <laughs> let us know how shitty you thought it was. We don't care. Just, just get those downloads. We
1: on. are open to really doing anything, so if yeah, anybody has any
0: suggestions, let us know. And we need a show for Tuesday, because this was supposed to be Tuesday, and now we have no clue what we're doing, so... We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll put something up on Twitter tomorrow and figure out what everyone wants I'm to sure something that. will happen on Raw. So, I guess we're recording Monday night now? It, it doesn't matter. I don't care. But, uh... Yeah. So. That'll, that'll do it for this bonus episode. Uh, and our, our normal episodes will run a little longer, but like we said we just wanted to get this up now we're usually we're usually around like an hour and 10 minutes somewhere around there yeah
1: we, we didn't drive we were like pretty much within two minutes every yeah, time. yeah
0: we were, we, were, we we're between an hour five and an hour seven like all every episode except like two <laughs> so so
1: thank you for listening if, yeah, you're new, if you're
0: new we appreciate you checking us out hope hope we didn't drive you off already on our first episode but uh tune back in tuesday we'll have something new for you and we'll have something new every tuesday uh from the past the present the future and we are available wherever you get your podcasts. Whether that's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. What am I missing? They said Google Play. I feel like I said that already. You said Google Play. Podbean. I knew Podbean. I was missing. Our Podbean. home. Our home.
1: But on Twitter, we are at
0: Champions Pod. Yeah. Once again, we are now part of the Turnbuckle Topics family. You find them at TT underscore four W <laughs> Y O W Y O U. No, not W. What? No. <laughs> uh, retake. Give him the Twitter handle. I'm I'm all messed (laughs) up. At
1: TT underscore for you. No, I'm never going to let you live that down. So say goodbye to the nice, friendly people, and we'll see them Tuesday.
0: Bye, nice, friendly people. See
1: you Tuesday.